we stand, of course, come Holy Spirit, I need thee. Would you just stand for a moment? I remember being a freshman at Valley Forge Christian College. Brella Lumstrom would start every class by singing this song. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, I need thee. Come, sweet Spirit, I pray. Come in thy strength and thy the Holy Spirit. Kaylee run out? Happy birthday, Kaylee. <laughs> 55 more days, Jeffrey, huh? Yeah, you go. 55 days and we're going to tie that knot real tight that will never be severed or broken until death do us part. And Stacy said, amen. Boy, what a, what a joy Jeffrey, I think you were, what, four years old, five years old when you first started coming here? Now to have the honor to officiate at your marriage, man. Wow. Where does the time go? Hey, I'm very excited about tonight. How many have heard the podcast that our staff does on Mondays, Pastor Todd and Pastor Jamal and Pastor Matt and Pastor Bonnie? They, the podcast is just phenomenal. They just sit around the table and they, they talk about the Sunday message and it's a called the Monday Morning Recap. And for those of you who have never heard uh, uh, what a podcast is, that, that's going to be the, the, the format tonight. We're just going to be up on the platform around the table and Pastor Matt is just going to be leading us in the discussion on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Holy Spirit in a informal, non-pressure way where some questions have been asked and we're going to answer. And uh, that's, that's going to be, I'm very excited about, uh, I've never participated on the, the round table and I get to actually sit and I probably am paranoid, but uh, it'll just be awesome. With that in mind, I want to talk about the symbols of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is not an all-inclusive list, but I'm going to ask you to turn in your Bibles to Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 6, and you may say, well, that is a strange chapter, a strange book. If you're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, when we think of the Holy Spirit, we think of New Testament. Why are we going into the Old Testament? Well, I'll show you in a minute. Can you stand for the reading of God's Word? Leviticus chapter 6. 
starting with the eighth verse. The Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons this command. These are the regulations for the burnt offering. The burnt offering is to remain on the altar hearth throughout the night till morning. And the fire must be kept burning on the altar. Then the priest shall then put on his linen cloths with linen undergarments next to his body and shall remove the ashes from the burnt offering that the fire has consumed on the altar and place them beside the altar. Then he is to take off these cloths clothes and put on others and carry the ashes outside the camp to a place that is ceremonially clean. The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. Every morning the priest is to add firewood and to arrange the burnt offering on the fire. And burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. Wow. You may be seated. According to the passage of Scripture we just read, it was the responsibility of the priests, of Moses, of Aaron and his sons, to maintain the fire, to make sure the fire did not burn out. They would keep watch to assure that the fire was well maintained. And as I was reading that, I was reminded, how many know that it is our responsibility that the fire of the Holy Spirit is kept burning in our lives? Now, I know what some of you might be thinking. I'm not a priest. It's the pastor's job to maintain the fire. Or it's my husband's job as the priest of the home to keep the fire burning. Why put the responsibility on me? But over the past few weeks, we've been talking about how God changes our name. We're not anonymous. And we heard many a times, you are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood. A holy nation of people belonging to God. That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. What does that scripture mean? It means that through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ that every believer has been made a priest and we have access to God's throne. So whether you want to think it or not, as a child of God, you are a priest and you've been given the responsibility to make sure that the fire of the Holy Spirit doesn't go out. You're to be a guard of the flame. You're to be a keeper of the flame. You're to maintain the flame. I really like how Paul put it to the church at Thessalonica. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. 
Quench not the spirit, the King James says. As priests, as children of God, we have to make sure our cinders don't cease. We have to make sure our coal doesn't get cold. We have to make sure the flame doesn't falter. But we have to make sure that every day, every morning, every night, we're before the throne of God as keepers of the Holy Spirit who is alive in us. Now when I talk about the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit doesn't seek to be mysterious. But he is, and I say he, because the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Godhead, the third person of the Trinity. And it's never correct to refer to the Holy Spirit as an it. We always refer to the Holy Spirit as he, as the third person of the Trinity. And as a third person of the Trinity, he is the most mysterious. Because in Scripture, we read about the Father. In Scripture, we read about the Son who came to earth and we read about his life on earth. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, Scripture says, For he shall not speak of himself. As we read about God, as we read about Jesus, the Holy Spirit becomes a little bit more mysterious of the three. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. When I think about the workings of the Holy Spirit, they're invisible, they're glorious. They're gentle. But he really never tells about himself. He comes to glorify Jesus. He comes to help us see more of Jesus. He comes to help us understand who Jesus is better. He comes to help us to obey the commands of Jesus. He comes for us to love Jesus with a deeper heart and commitment. The Holy Spirit is all about helping us in our relationship with Jesus, the Holy Spirit who comes alongside to assist us in our relationship with Jesus. But I want to share with you, and you know what, I'm just going to go off notes here. I believe it's through the symbols in Scripture that we see of the Holy Spirit that helps us identify better who the Holy Spirit really is in our life. First, how many know the Holy Spirit comes as rain? Jim Cimbala, pastor of Brooklyn Tab, has written two books, Fresh Fire, Fresh Wind, and Fresh Rain. Joel prophesied, he sends you at abundant showers, both autumn and spring rains, as before 
Why, the threshing floors will be filled with grain, the vats will overflow with new wine and new oil. What's Joel saying? Is Joel saying to the Israelites, God doesn't want you to be fruitless. He doesn't want you to be barren. So in the autumn, he sends rain, and in the spring, he sends rain. Why is that important? It's important for the crops. And on the day of Pentecost, Peter got up and addressed the crowd. As they say, what does this mean? And Peter says, as the prophet Joel said, in the last days, God will pour out. That word pour out is used in the term of Joel talking about the latter rains. Remember the latter rain movement way back in the 50s? The latter rain movement that came in the working of the Holy Spirit? The latter rain is all about the rain that comes in the fall. I mean, comes in the spring there at the heart to, to make the harvest more ready, available at that time. The latter rain. When I think of rain, I think of there are times in our life where we become barren. There are times in our life where we become dry. Have you ever gone through a dry spell? Have you ever gone through a time where everything just seems so barren, so dry? And I'm not talking about you're in a backslidden state. I'm not talking because of sin. I'm just talking you're going through a season. It's like summer is soon around the corner. And the hot days are ahead. And I'm always amazed one morning how green the grass looks. And all it takes is one hot scorching day of the sun and how the green grass will soon wither. I find that so amazing. And I think all of you can identify with there are times in life where there's a scorching heat and you tend to wither real quick. But thank God for the rain, the Holy Spirit rains down upon you to refresh and to encourage and to bring you life and growth once again. Thank God that the Holy Spirit is one who refreshes with his rain during times of barrenness, during times where you seem so dry. So as the Holy Spirit comes as rain to refresh, so we're not fruitless, so we're not barren, he also comes as rivers. On the last day of the greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures just said, streams or rivers of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Holy Spirit. As the Holy Spirit reigns upon us, refreshes us and encourages us and, and, and makes us productive, how many, we're not just talking about, how many know, we're not just talking about self-consumption. Why does the Holy Spirit rain down upon us? To refresh 
to fill to overflowing that out of our own life, there are streams, there are tributaries, there, there are rivers flowing from us to others, rivers flowing to areas that are in need of encouragement, areas that are in need of refreshment. How many know that it's not just about you, but the Holy Spirit rains upon you to fill you so that you can overflow to others? And I can't tell you how many times I have been the recipient of the overflowing in someone else's life. There are moments, there are times in life where you seem like you're out on your own and someone comes up who has the reign of the Holy Spirit upon them, who has been filled to overflowing, and all of a sudden the stream that flows out of their body flows to you, and you're encouraged through their life. So the Holy Spirit as rain comes to refresh so that we can be filled so that our streams may go and refresh others. Part of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit comes as wind. What does wind speak of? It's kind of interesting because when Nicodemus approached Jesus about entering the kingdom of God, Jesus said, you must be born again. And he said, well, how can I enter my mother's womb the second time? And, and, and Jesus said, whoa, 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 whoa. We're not talking about a physical birth. We're talking about a spiritual birth. And this is what he explained. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So everyone, so it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Jesus is explaining to Nicodemus, this new birth, it's, it's not like you can put a time, it's not like you can see the baby, but it's like the wind. You may not see it, but you feel the effect. When I think of wind, I think of a story that there's a question that I always like to ask people in, in groups as a crowd breaker. And one of my favorite questions is this. What did you do as a kid? What did you do as a kid that was fun, that was pleasurable, that you liked to do? You know, and you hear all these answers of what people did as they were kids, and, and I would always answer it as an older kid. My father bought me a sailboat. And we would take it to the Round Valley Reservoir or Spruce Run Reservoir, and, and, and I would get in that little sunflower, and we would sail it. We'd pack it up on the car when we went up to Maine every year with our travel trailer. And there's nothing like camping at a lakeside campsite with the sailboat right there that when the, when the elements are right, you just hop in the boat and you sail. I love to sail. In fact, someday... When time permits and conditions are light, maybe I'll start to sail again. But how many know that there are events in life that take all the wind 
out of your sail. And you just sit out on the lake. Bobbing like the currents. And there's no power. Seems like there's no guidance. It seems like you're just drifting. I want you to know that if you feel like you're drifting in life and there's no power, the Holy Spirit comes in with power and might and counsel and will give you the power that you need to go through whatever might be going in your life. On the day of Pentecost, it says, suddenly, a sound, it wasn't the blowing of wind, but the sound of a blowing wind, violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole place where, filled the whole place where they were sitting. And we know that the Spirit fell upon those 120. And they started to speak in other tongues. But then it goes down, it says, when they heard the sound, when the crowd heard the sound, what sound? I believe it was the sound of the blowing of violent wind. When they heard the, the sound of, of the blowing of violent wind, they, they all rushed. And why were they in bewilderment? Because they heard these Galileans speaking in their own native languages. The praises of God. What does it say to me? The Holy Spirit is sovereign. He's all powerful. He's all knowing like the Godhead. And no matter where you find yourself, if you feel like you're just drifting, there's no guidance, there's no power. Ask the Holy Spirit to send some fresh wind to you. Along with the fresh fire and the rivers. Well, another symbol of the Holy Spirit is oil. Oil speaks of anointing. Now, this is God. Now, it is God who makes us both, makes us, makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anoints us, sets his seal of ownership on us, and puts his spirit in our heart as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. So what does the anointing speak of? The anointing isn't it interesting in the Old Testament. The three, the priests, the kings, and the prophets were all what? Anointed. And we fulfill those three as priests. We go before God as an anointed priest. We have the authority to go before God. As an anointed prophet, we are the spokespersons of God. As anointed kings, we have authority before the dominion of this world. With the oil comes an authority that God gives to us as his children. Also, the oil, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. How do we know the truth? It's the Holy Spirit who reveals the truth. 
He reveals the things of God. You know, I, I've heard many uh, uh, people talk about how they used to read the Bible and they never understood it until they became born again. And when they gave their life to Jesus Christ, all of a sudden they said, the, the Bible became alive. How come it, why did it become alive? Because the Spirit gave truth to God's Word. There are times where sometimes you just know Something is right or something is wrong. And how do you know something's right or something wrong? Because the spirit of truth that dwells within you. We got to move along here. The spirit comes as fire. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and, and rest on each of them. I, I, I always like this story. I remember Hope tells it when she was teaching the primary class. There was this little girl who saw a picture of all, all these people at the day of Pentecost. They had that little flame above their heads. And that little girl said, Aunt Hope, if that happened to me, I would stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> what does fire speak of? The purifying. Be holy as I am holy. And it's the Holy Spirit. Listen, man, we need to keep the fire of the Holy Spirit burning in us at all times because it's the Holy Spirit fire that purifies us. As, as the, the silver and the gold, in order to become pure, are heated to high temperatures and all the dross, all the impurities float to the top. There are some times in life where God can crank up the heat pretty high and all of a sudden you think you're doing pretty well in this journey of life and all of a sudden you'll come up to a trial and God will turn up the heat and all of a sudden you'll see this dross, these impurities, these failures and, 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 and impurities float to the top and, and God will just say, I got you right where I want you because I want you to rid yourself of those impurities. I want you to rid yourself of those unbeliefs. I want you to rid yourself of those thoughts. And I want to make you pure. I want to make you clean. I want you to be a reflector of my son's image. You know what else fire speaks of? Fire speaks of judgment. The Lord will wash away the filth of the women of Zion. He will cleanse the bloodstain from Jerusalem by the spirit of judgment and the spirit of fire. Now, whenever we hear judgment, we're like, ooh. But how many know judgment is deliverance? Judgment brings deliverance. I don't know about you, but I'm waiting for the last day of judgment where Satan is finally put away and we will be free from his domain. Jesus became judgment on the cross who died for our sins and delivered us from the penalty of sin. Just this week, I was reading about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego and how they were bound, and they were tightly bound, it says, and thrown into the fiery furnace. But when King Nebuchadnezzar peeked in, he said, didn't we throw three of them? How come I see 
four. And the fourth is like an unson of God. And didn't we secure them tightly? Why is it that they're just walking around? Want to hear my theory? As they were thrown in that fire, God knew of their innocence. And God allowed that flame to burn the rope and set them free. That which bound them, he set them free. And when they came out, their clothing didn't even smell like smoke. Because we have a powerful God who can break the bondage and set us free and not affect any other part of our being. And the Holy Spirit comes as a dove. As soon as Jesus was baptized, he, he came up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven opened and and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. Lightning, lightning coming upon him. Lightning upon him, coming upon him, resting upon him. Of course, a dove represents peace. Jesus says, unless I go, the comforter will not come. There are moments in life we're in the midst of fear, panic, worry. You need to keep the flame of the Holy Spirit burning to bring about a peace so you don't go crazy. You don't lose your mind. The Holy Spirit is sort of like that mysterious one of the Godhead. But when you start looking at the symbols of the Holy Spirit, you see, he's one who refreshes. He is one who brings refreshment. He's the one who allows you to refresh others. He gives you power. When you feel like the wind has been taken out of your sail. He gives you guidance. He gives you authority. He gives you refining. He brings deliverance. And he gives you a peace that passeth all understanding. Now, do you know why you need to keep the fire of the Holy Spirit burning at the altar? Because there are times, and are times, where you so desperately need the one who comes alongside. The Holy Spirit was never meant to be mysterious. But through Scripture, we see what the Holy Spirit does. Pastor Bonnie, would you come? That's why we need Him. Every hour, every moment, every minute, every second. God hasn't abandoned us like orphans, but he has given us his Holy Spirit. Would you bow your heads with me?